This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We now turn to an issue involving the property rights of landlords versus those of tenants. Ontario landlords want the right to immediately ban the use of pot in rental properties when recreational weed is legalized this summer. They're arguing that they should be allowed to change tenants' existing leases to stop the drug from being consumed in their unit. Is that fair? Or should the tenants have the right to do whatever they want in their own homes? What do you think? The number is to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now we turn to Paul Fogolin, who is the VP of the Federation of Rental Housing Providers, and Kenneth Hale, who is with the Advocacy Centre for Tenants of Ontario. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, my Good pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Okay. Let's start with Paul. What's your take on this? So just to provide some context, Libby, smoking in general is uh, the number one complaint that landlords hear from tenants about other uh, tenant behavior. And I'm I'm speaking not of cannabis, but smoking of cigarettes. Um, It's important to remember that when you're living in a rental unit, typically you're living with uh, many other people nearby in close quarters. And so having, you know, smoking has an effect on, on your neighboring tenants, particularly with scent. What is common in leases currently in Ontario is for landlords to have non-smoking clauses in those leases. And thousands of tenants sign on to these leases every day. You know, we see the smoking of cannabis similarly um, and would like to see it treated in a similar fashion. You know, it's important, again, that it's not just the rights of the landlord in the unit that they own, but really being conscious of the others that live in the building. Uh, Let me just clarify something before uh, we talk to Kenneth. Uh, My understanding is that the Residential Tenancy Act doesn't have explicit rules about smoking substances of any kind. Um, So that means, I guess, you can just put it in the lease if if you want it there, correct? That's correct. So technically, you're right. The RTA doesn't have any uh, restrictions on that. But what happens is when leases are are drawn up, it's very, very typical to have an agreement uh, between landlord and tenant about uh, the smoking of cigarettes. And does it, um, and do they, does it explicitly say cigarettes? In most cases, it does. And, and again, typically, because it, wouldn't, it wouldn't even think to mention cannabis, Libby, because it, up until this July, it, it's an illegal substance. And, and many of these leases And, of were, course, were nobody would smoke it then. Right, exactly. <laughs> of course not. Um, uh, but, you know, many of these leases have, were drawn up several years ago, and so uh, they don't account for that, and they certainly don't account for what, what's currently an illegal substance. So, you know, I mean, the, the province is in an interesting position, um, on this, and, and not only that, but also the issue of home growth, which uh, is something that I'm also interested in talking about uh, today. Okay, Ken, what's your take? Well, uh, we recognize that it's a contentious and divisive issue. Some people approve of smoking, some people don't. All tenants want to live peacefully in their home and not be subjected to unreasonable interference. What does that mean? 
There's not one answer for everybody. Um, disputes have to be resolved on a case-by-case basis, but landlords find this inconvenient. We just consider it to be part of property management, resolving disputes between tenants. The Government of Canada has recognized that prohibition of cannabis and the stigma associated with it are bad social policy. They decided it was bad social policy for everybody, not just for people who own property. So for landlords to decide that they're going to take on the responsibility of being the moral police here doesn't really seem appropriate. The idea that tenancy agreements are negotiated and tenants agree that they're going to sign this clause is not too realistic in the current environment. Landlords dictate what the contents of the leases are. Tenants are offered those leases on a take-it-or-leave-it basis. If they want to have somewhere to live, they have to sign the lease that is offered to them. That's why the Ontario legislature has passed the law to bring in a standard form lease that has clauses in it that are regulated and decided on by the government to prevent landlords from just putting whatever they want into their leases and then trying to use it as a cause for eviction. Uh, Do you object to landlords putting in non-smoking clauses? Yes. We because it's not negotiated, it's dictated. And I would I don't agree that you know, it's a small minority of leases that have non smoking clauses in it. But whether you have a non smoking clause or not, if your smoking of whatever unreasonably interferes with your neighbor's life in their apartment, you can be subject to sanctions. And we recognize that and it's up to the landlord to resolve those disputes at first instance. If they can't be resolved, they can be resolved by the landlord and tenant board in an application by the landlord to get rid of the tenant who's offending. Um, but, yeah. you know, that's accomplished by balancing the interest between the two different tenants and not just having this club of the threat of eviction to use against the person who's smoking whatever substance. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I want to uh, put that back to Paul, but I've heard of uh, people who don't morally object to pot, but they say if if their immediate neighbor smokes a lot of pot, they they smell it in their apartment. Well, is that, you know, do you have a right not to smell things? Do you have a right, you know, what if somebody's cooking some kind of food that you don't like the smell of? Do you have the right to demand that they not eat that kind of food? I mean, there's unpleasant smells, and there's the possibility of threats and interference to your health. And these things, you know, there's degrees, and these are disputes that have to be resolved on an individual basis, and you can't just ban something when the government has decided that we've moved beyond the banning stage, that it was creating social problems. And instead, you know, the landlords just want to bring this banning approach back, which is kind of going backwards. Okay, Paul, what do you say to that? I'm obviously itching to jump in on this conversation, Libby. So Go first ahead. of all, I'm, I'm, disapp- I'm disappointed to hear uh, my friend Ken try to make this a moral issue. I mean, to be clear, our landlords are not having any opinion on the consumption of marijuana and what it does for the individual. It's also important to note that smoking is not the only way to consume marijuana. You can eat it. Uh, there's uh, pills, etc. This is particularly, again, about the effect it has on neighboring tenants and, and on the unit itself. 
And, you know, when Ken clearly stated, I mean, his position is very clear to have the right to think it's okay and fine to have people smoking. But I think the vast majority of people will find that a non-smoking clause is reasonable and that smoking, whether it's cigarettes or cannabis, does have an effect on your neighbors, and it's important to be conscious of that. The other thing I'll add, Libby, is that when the, when the Ontario government, so each province um, is, has the right to provide their own regulations on the federal uh, legislation governing the legalization of cannabis, and it's up to each province about how they manage things such as smoking or home growth. The province of Ontario has made it very clearly that they are not allowing cannabis in any public place, in workplaces and in motorized vehicles, so on and so forth. And they're doing that for, I'm sure, a number of reasons, but one of them ought to be understanding the effect that that cannabis has, the smoking of cannabis, on other people around you. So I just think it's important to keep that in mind. You know, this is very much focused on the effect it has on on the unit and on neighbors, and, and again, not the consumption itself. Okay, uh, let's hear from George in Mono. Hi, George. Hello? Hello. Yes, you're on the air. Please go ahead. Thank you. Uh, I'm, complex. I'm a landlord. Sorry? And I, and I have no issues with uh, my tenants uh, smoking or doing whatever they feel like doing. You're saying you are a landlord and you have no issue? Right. Um, also, in the, in the Landlord-Tenant uh, Act, there's already a clause that sort of states that a tenant cannot interfere with the reasonable enjoyment of the property by other tenants if um, if smoking pot or whatever became an issue of reasonable enjoyment by the other tenants then we'd have to deal with it with the landlord uh, board at that time but before anything happens I don't think it's my business to interfere or nose around with what are what my tenants are doing in behind the four doors four walls well, that's 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 an interesting and uh, very liberal take thanks for your call George Okay. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, we have to take a quick break, but we will be back with more on this. We'll be taking your calls and comments on it and uh, talking to Kenneth and Paul about this issue, which is going to be just one of many that come up when marijuana is legalized this summer. We'll be right back. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are talking about whether landlords should be able to put a clause in leases banning pot smoking in their units after it becomes legal in the summer. Boy, a lot of people want to weigh in on this. We are going right to the phones. We've got Sandra in Mississauga. Hello, Sandra. Hi, how are you today? Fine. You're on the air. Please yes, go I ahead. I can hear you, yeah. Go ahead. Um, I agree that they should put a, uh, something in the leases of regarding this because I was a manager for years in buildings, and we did have the odd person, one quite a few people that did smoke the weed, and we would tell them to put something along their door or smoke on their balcony, not to interfere with the other tenants, and it can bother people that are allergic to cigarette smoke or uh, mostly weed smoke, though, because it is a terrible smelling thing, and I wouldn't want to have my children near it. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, because we used to tell the tenants, and did they comply? Door, you know, uh, spray your apartment. But then you had everybody nowadays spraying the whole the whole place smell like flowers. Um, but I agree that they should put something in the clause because um, I think you're a mature adult and you smoke properly. But then when you have the younger ones that they don't give a shit, sorry, oh. that don't care about anything, <laughs> they will smoke it and you'll have it all over the place. Okay, um, thanks for that. Okay, okay thanks. Bye, dear. Okay, let's go to uh, Gary in Toronto. Hi, Gary. Oh, hi, Libby. <clears throat> Just a quick uh, uh, 
uh, sidebar here. I always, for years and years, I thought your name was Libby's. Okay, well, and it's... Nimer, and then I finally put it together as Libby's Nimer, because you're Moses' sister. Exactly. Anyway, um... My, my, I'm a lifelong non-smoker, but uh, I, uh, my comment is that uh, if there's intrusive um, fumes from 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 close neighbors smoking, that uh, there are myriad high-quality air filters in the market can really help to compensate for that. Basically, there are two types: electronic ones. That electronic precipitator, and uh, you don't have to buy replace filters. You just wash the existing filter, and then they're about 98% effective. And the most effective is the HEPA filter, and uh, you have to replace them probably maybe once a year, and they're about 99 point something effective. So if there is a problem with uh, someone close by, uh, that may be one way to attenuate it, you know. Okay, Gary, thanks for that. Uh, let's hear from Mary here in Toronto. Hi, Mary. Uh, yes, Libby. Uh, we had an experience here. Um, I was tenant rep at the time, and uh, there was a 91-year-old lady in the next building, lovely lady. She was having to go to her doctor to get eye drops in her eyes because it was hurting her so much. And the person that was smoking, either she didn't know it was above or below, but it was marijuana. She was too polite to even say marijuana. She said, I know it's not cigar, I know it's not cigarette, I know it's not pipe. <laughs> but then they, I asked her to be moved to a front apartment who came available. They would not move her. That poor woman, her daughters had to move her out of here. 91 years old. I mean, how can this even happen? Uh, thanks for bringing that to our attention, Mary. Okay. Okay, <laughs> bye-bye. Okay, uh, so Paul, um, you know... Um, we have one caller who says that there are now very high-quality filters that can take it out. Uh, and on the other hand, we have Kenneth saying, you know, landlords are going to be able to use that as an excuse to get rid of people. So, maybe uh, I'll respond to the filter question in a second. I just want to speak very briefly about the landlord-tenant board side of things, and then I'll, I'll speak to the filter side and a few other things. Um, so Ken brought up the fact that, look, you know, individuals can dispute things between tenants at the landlord-tenant board. We have a, a challenge right now where there's a tremendous backlog at the landlord-tenant board that deals with a number of issues um, around tenant and landlord issues that arise. So the idea that, you know, you're, with the legalization of cannabis, you know, you'd see an influx to the landlord-tenant board of complaints around this is... is would be a tremendous burden on the system, just something to be conscious of. Um, and yeah, and listen, in regards to ventilation and things, I mean, our members, so we represent over uh, 350,000 units in the province, and, and most of the larger landlords and mid-sized landlords, a lot of these buildings are much older. So you're driving around, especially in the GTA and the highways, and you see older buildings built in the 50s and 60s. Um, that's the majority of rental properties. There are newer ones, but that's the majority. Uh, Landlords are always making upgrades to these properties to ensure that they're meeting standards, but the kind of capital investment it would take to put in these, these sort of filters would be, would be tremendous and, again, would be catering to a, a particular niche. So, I mean, that would be something that would be up to the individual owners, but I, I think is not a, a long-lasting solution. Something that is being discussed is, you know, the government thinking about having uh, communal common spaces outside of apartments where a marijuana could be smoked. And... Uh, you know, they haven't made a decision on that, but, I, you know, I would say that our members would find that to be a reasonable compromise. Uh, Kenneth? Right. Well, the vast majority of the cases that are at the Landlord and Tenant Board are about 
tenants who are unable to pay their rent and landlords seeking an eviction as a way of forcing them to pay their rent or getting them out so they can get a paying tenant in. The cannabis legalization is not going to impact that. In fact, cannabis legalization is probably not going to really have that much impact on the prevalence of marijuana use and what its impact is. The people who smoke now are going to keep smoking. The people who don't smoke now are going to stop. It's just we're not going to have to waste all these police resources on hunting down teenagers and people for breaking some law that everybody has recognized for decades is useless. So um, there's not really going to be any change there. We have to remember that this is people's homes. Even though they're just tenants, there's 1.3 million tenant households. This is their home. This is their refuge. This is where they go to be by themselves and do what they want to do. And we can't place unreasonable restrictions on the use of those homes just like we can't allow wanton disregard of your neighbors in the use of cannabis, cigarette smoke, anything, because people deserve peace and quiet in their home and where that's being disrupted. We only get to the landlord and tenant board where the management function of the landlord of mediating between different people in the building breaks down and where landlords have the skills to manage the building properly find solutions, whether they be filters or whether they be just agreement with the tenants that they do things at certain times or in certain places. That's what management is all about. And if you can do that properly, you don't have to be running to the landlord and tenant board to have your problems solved. You, you know, you run your building in a way that everybody gets along. And I really don't believe that anything is going to change substantially when July comes and suddenly this thing that millions of people across the country have been doing for years just doesn't have the legal stigma anymore. And it shouldn't be an opportunity for landlords to jump in and try to get more authority over their tenants. Um, Paul, I understand that, uh, you know, if somebody smokes a lot of pot, you know, for that matter, a lot of cigarettes, it can be very hard to get the smell out after they leave and cost a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, our, our members have said that in, in many cases it costs upwards of four or five, six thousand dollars to to permanently remove the smell uh, from smoking from a unit. Um, and again, I think I think you know I think Ken and I there's actually a lot of agreement here, and I think that in this situation, you know, it's important to to think about that 91 year old that was mentioned on the call. Certainly, okay? that and that was, and and, that's and you know right. I, I I don't know if I agree with your sentiment that there won't be an increase and in that you know there there are already millions smoking illegally and that's that's up to them. But I think it is safe to say that there will be at least a bit of an increase, Ken, once it's a legal product and it's being discussed and. People have rights around it, so it's just important that you know we're sensitive that when you do live in an apartment, especially when there's many units, that it's not just you living in that in that apartment, and your your actions have an effect on neighbors, just like noise pollution would past a certain uh, time in the evening. I, I so, mean, here's another curious question that's not for either of you, but I, I wonder what's going to happen with condo condos where the mm. rules are governed by condo boards and what that's going to uh, come up with. Um, uh, let's. Uh, try to take in one more call. We've got Carol in Barrie. Hi, Carol. Hi. I'm, I'm just calling. I live in a, an apartment building, 
and it's a non-smoking building, but people are allowed to smoke on their balconies. I'm not against the cannabis at all, but I, I am against the smoke of any kind because it is harmful to people's health. Anyone with, who's older or has COPD or breathing problems. That's my statement on it. I mean, they can eat it, drink it, whatever they want to do, but I do think that it's um, smoking is bad for people's health. And uh, would, smoke of any kind. Do you think landlords should be able to put a clause about it uh, retroactively in your lease? Oh, well, I guess so. As I say, the building I'm in is a non-smoking building. However, having said that, if I'm on my balcony and the guy next door is smoking, I have to come in. Yeah, I mean, you know, I find yeah, that even on, on some kind of public patio. Um, yeah. I think they banned it, but uh, yeah, it used to get really annoyed, be sitting out on a patio in a restaurant and somebody's, you know, smoking. I know. I even know. if it's outside, so it's not... against the smoke, not against the, the, marijuana. the actual legalization of it, no. And I, and I know it takes a lot to clean the places. I understand that side of it. So okay. I'm just saying, allow it, but don't allow the smoke. Okay, thanks a lot, Carol. Okay, um, we're rapidly running out of time. So, uh, starting with Paul, thirty seconds. What we're, what would you like to leave us with? Well, Libby, again, thanks for the opportunity to, to have us on to talk about this issue. And again, look, um, like smoking is an issue of cigarettes right now in a big issue in apartment buildings, and it's important that people again think about their neighbors and think about the effect that smoking cannabis would have on others in the building. And I think it's, um, you know, to to build on what the last caller said, in this situation we can have our cannabis and eat it too. (laughs) Because, uh, again, smoking is not the only way to consume this, especially on the medical side. So I just, you know, we're interested that people are open-minded and hoping that the uh, the province will... uh, our concerns. Okay, Kenneth? Well, I certainly agree with Paul that it's fundamentally important that we respect each other's rights. And if your neighbor is being bothered by your behavior, do something about your behavior. But putting it into the hands of a third party and, you know, tenants are not children. They are adults who are entitled to respect and respecting their ability to control their behavior and to be a member of a community. Okay. So let's look at it from that point of view. We've got to wrap it up right there. Thank you both Paul Fogelin and Kenneth Hale. And that is all the time we have for Fight Back for today. Uh, If you couldn't get on on this subject, remember Free For All Friday is coming up. And that's all the time we have for Fight Back for today. We now break for traffic and news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.